Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Official Jets podcast is presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. We are taping here at One Jets Drive up in the Audi Performance Studio a couple days after the 2023 season came to a conclusion. Eric Allen, Bart Scott. And Nick Mangold, of course. Hello. Bart, 7-10 and 10 overall for these Jets in 2023. I look at this in terms of a three-year span because the first year of this Robert Sala-Joe Douglas regime, the partnership, you totally flip the roster. You go 4-12. and 12. The second year, you take some steps forward. You go 7-10. and 10. And then this year, 7-10 and 10 again despite playing with the four different quarterbacks and having Aaron Rodgers for three offensive plays slash four snaps. Yeah, I mean, it was discouraging because it was so many high expectations and you feel like they all went away when Aaron Rodgers went down, but then you find yourself winning that game, so then you have new life in what they did before the, the bye. You know, you thought, well, maybe we can get it done, and yeah, we understand that maybe the Super Bowl might be out of out of out of realistic goals, but we can get to the postseason and, you know, maybe we can make some noise and be the team that nobody wants to, to play. And that just fell short, right? And it fell short because of a multitude of reasons, health, um, quarterback play, um, you know, when, when everything goes wrong, nobody did a good enough job. And um, they have to go back to the table. Um, but the good thing and the positive thing that came out of this season but you had guys take the next step. Yeah. So whether you talk about Jermaine Johnson taking the next step, you talk about Brees Hall taking the next step, showing that he can make it through an entire season, and this wouldn't be one of those things where he's an often injured star uh, with a lot of potential. Um, you look at what you know Garrett Wilson did. Um, you look at what um, Quincy did. Mm-hmm. Right? You you look and, and you can go on and go on, and you know you're hoping that you can project that the you know the amount of guys that take took that jump this year that you can have the same amount of guys take the jump next year. When you look at guys like Will McDonald, as you're going to have to graduate a couple of guys through some tough decisions to be made on the roster. We all know 35 percent of the roster doesn't come back, and I was going to be some tough decisions. But you know you 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 hope and you believe that you know they can make the right decisions. And, you know, for the guys that graduate, you wish them well. And um, you go out and you try and, you know, improve this roster. Mr. Mango, what is your take on not just offensive line injuries for the New York Jets, but as Robert Sala termed it, it's a pandemic throughout the National Football League. What is happening 
as far as the injuries up front? Um, you know, I think the biggest thing, and uh, I'm sure the PA isn't going to like it, but, um, you know, the reduced practice time mm. is hurting everybody um, in general. And I think uh, what you're seeing coming out of college is that kids aren't as prepared as they need to be. Um, and so now not having the same amount of practice time um, to get them into the right mind frame and the, and the right mindset of how to practice like a professional um, and the hitting in, in, the, uh, in August training camp. You know, when you're not hitting anybody, your body doesn't get used to having to fall down, having to deal with a little ache, a little pain here and there, um, and, and how to get through that. So um, I think the the reduced practices um, that, you know, started in 2011 with the New Deal, um, you're now seeing that, you know, 10 years, 11 years later, how that's affecting um, the big guys up front um, because they just they don't have – the football is a game that you, you can't, um, especially for offensive linemen, you, you can't be out running around on the field and then go play in a game and be like, oh, yeah, I'm in, in football. There's football shape. There's workout shape and there's football shape. And the only way you get into football shape is actually playing football. Um, and, and so I think that um, has an unintended consequence of what was fought for for those lesser practices. Um, and, and that's what we're seeing. So yeah. it's disappointing, um, you know, as a uh, – as a guy who played the position, um, and especially with the injuries, because you know, a, a lot of times injuries aren't your fault. Um, you know, they're just a freak accident that, that happens, and you know, it, it stinks. Um, and so, to have that happen as much as it is around the league, knowing guys um, aren't being able to perform to their highest level um, and show what they can do, uh, is disappointing. I, I couldn't agree with Nick more, right? And you know when we fought for that or people fought for that, it was fighting for the wrong thing, right? Because, you know, football, the reason, like, and Vince Lombardi said it, right, it's the best subject being taught because it's the only thing in which we can't make easy. And then we go out and we try to make it easy, right? And you can say, okay, I'm simulating, I'm hitting dummies and all that stuff, but that doesn't get you ready for what you got to do on Sunday. So now what happens is it's the law of diminishing returns, right? You're not putting anything in, so you're not getting anything out. Right. And it's about building a callus. Right. You don't you don't prepare for a mile run by running a mile. You run two miles. You don't prepare for the hundred by running a hundred. You run a 200. Right. So you can build that 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 callus, that strength, that endurance. Right. We see it happening all throughout sports. Right. It's funny. You look at baseball, like a guy like um, you know, Ryan uh, Nolan, Nolan Ryan. Right. Yeah. You know, pitch full, full, complete games. Now guys can't go past six innings, right? Because they're trying to do things and make it easy. And life isn't easy. But that's a, that's a microcosm to me of society. We try and make everything microwavable, instant. And it doesn't work that way. So what happens is now, because you don't have the practice time, now the product is diluted because when you go to the backup, you barely have time to let the backup practice because you got to try and get the starter ready because you got limited time. So then when the backup get it there, then the product is horrible. Mm. This has been the worst football that I've seen really? in years. Yes, as a whole. It is horrible. It is not high-end football being played. You, you see guys can't run the ball, don't know how to move guys away. You don't, you don't see the football acumen. Right. You see guys come in and all you have to do is look at the product and listen to some of the greats. Don't listen to me. Look at what what Tom Brady is saying. Right. The execution. Right. The gamesmanship. You know what I mean? Of coming. You got four or five. You got maybe five or six teams that play football at a high level. And when you look at them, they're all guys that got old school guys. 
whether you talk about Kansas City and Andy Reid, whether you talk about Mike Tomlin, right? You know, that's why he can play with a lesser roster and win. You talk about uh, the, the Ravens and what John Harbaugh does, plays that physical brand of football. You talk about Kyle Shanahan, who even though he's younger, is from the old school, yeah. right? So you look at all these new coaches that come in, like these guys can't execute because these guys can't stay healthy and they have rosters in which guys come from these spread offenses and it comes down to when you have to try and um, – and move a man against his will, and you don't know how because you don't get enough practice doing it, knowing how to scoop block. That's why the teachers are winning right now. That's why Bill Callahan can get that offensive line when they're on their fifth and sixth offensive lineman because he's a teacher. And no matter what, he'll take the physicality out and, and give you the mental stuff and give you the mental reps and say, we're not doing this, and get guys out there early and get, get them to come out and practice and work on technique. Right with technique. If you if we're not gonna go against this defensive line, we about to service ourselves. But we're gonna get ready. We're gonna hit each other. It's gonna be interesting as it is every offseason. How the Jets are gonna attack this? The chess pieces up front along that offensive line because we just taped television show CBS um, Jets game day with Robert Sala, and we're talking about foundational pieces. You like what you saw to Joe Tipman early. I know you're really high. I think you both are really high on Elijah Vera Tucker. Mm -hmm. But then Lankin Tomlinson's been a constant. He was the one constant up yeah. front. Um, there are some decisions to be made, obviously, at the tackle position. Yeah, it's going to be a big offseason, I think, for Joe Douglas um, and how he attacks um, this offensive line and the, the struggles that they've had um, keeping guys healthy. And I think, you know, that's a big thing that they really need to look at is how they can keep guys healthy because, um, you know, offensive lines are best when it's five guys in the same position for the whole year. Yeah. Um, you know, if you can get that done, that's huge. Um, you know, and I, I know that from experience. Um, I think we were able to pull it off for two straight years. It was me, Brick, um, Alan Fanica, Brandon Moore, and Damian Woody for two straight years. So you have 32 games where you only had five guys playing. Um, and so that was, and you get to a point like Brandon and I played together for eight years. Um, I think it was eight years. Um, you get to a point where they, we don't have to make calls to each other because we know, um, you know, I knew what he was thinking. He knew what I was thinking. It's time in the, the meeting rooms, it's film study, watching the same thing, seeing it, being able to see the plays happen in the same eyes. Um, two different guys with the same eyes. So to have that ability, um, to have that continuity is huge. And so I think that's going to be big on Joe Douglas um, of figuring out, A, you know, what's going on, what, what went wrong, and, and try to fix that. Um, but also get guys here that will stay here. Um, you know, and that doesn't go just for offense line. I think it goes for team culture as well. Um, you look at longest tenured guys on the team. Um and, you know, the list is not long. Um, and I think that shows, you know, where we have come from in a drafting world that we haven't been able to keep guys here for a long time. You know, when I first came in, you had guys here um, like Brian Thomas. Brian Thomas was here for Sean 11 Ellis. years or so. Yeah. Uh, big cat, you know. Um, Sean Ellis. He was a, a long-term guy. And, that, and Brandon Moore, long-term guy. Chad Pennington was here, you know, for a, a good amount. Um, but you have these guys – that are around that know what it's like to be in this locker room, in this market, um, in this city. Um, and I think that goes a long way. You know, when your longest tenure guys, four years, 
that's not the experience that you can pass down no for culture. new guys, new guys coming in. Um, you know, and I think that that makes it tricky. Um, you know, you look at Brick and I, Brick and I were here for 10 and 11 years, um, having that constant stability um, and finding guys who can do that because it's not it's not just, you know, being like, oh, well, this guy's been here, so we're going to keep him. But, you, you know, he's done well enough to keep him. Um, and so that goes in your scouting department and everything. So it's going to be – that's a big thing um, that I've noticed, you know, looking, you know, over the past couple of years is that you need to find guys who are going to stay here. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, when you think about offensive lines and those who have the best – you think about Staples, right? And you talk about like the Jets does don't have a hundred million dollar guy, right? You don't they don't have the big money guy, right? You look at all the good lines; they got a guy that hey, we pay you to be the war daddy here, and we're gonna hold you accountable to stay healthy and to play at a high level. Whether you talk about Trent Williams out there, now you talk about Panay Sewell or or, or was it Ren, Renfrew or whatever his name is for the Lions? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, right? You talk about Lindsey down in Atlanta, right? You talk about, you know, Slater. But before that, it was Corey Lindsey in, um, in, 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 um, with the Chargers, right. right? We don't have a guy that, okay, he was brought in, you know, wasn't drafted or whatever. Maybe he was drafted, but he got paid the money. Like, so you talk about where the money is spent on this team. It's, you know, Langton came in. That was a very, you know, team-friendly, you know, type of deal. I'm talking about paying a war daddy to come here, or Trent Williams, where you make him a $100 million man. We need one of those guys that we can hold accountable, that we can say, this is our anchor. Everything rocks off of him. We can slide and leave him on the island, you know, you know, and he can he's gonna dominate the best athlete. That left tackle, we're gonna win that side every time. It's time for them to invest in that guy. That before that was before they paid, you know, this guy, before they paid the Brickershaw, they paid Fanica. They mm. paid Woody to come in. They put they put money, real money in it. And, you know, the results were were amazing. Right. And Brandon Moore was a guy that they developed. Who knows? Is that Carter Warren that they develop? Is that Vera Tucker that they develop? Who, who is it that they develop? You know, so you got you got a guy that's like a no name guy. You can go all the way back. You can go all the way back to uh, even to when I played with the Ravens. Right. Drafted sucks. Ray was the guy. I was the guy that they developed. Mm-hmm. But before me. It was Ed Hartwell. They developed. And it was a rotating place, right? Before that, it was Jamie Sharper. They developed, right? You got to have, like, a mixture of, like, developing guys because it, it always rotates because, you know, as guys go out, and they did a good job on the pass rushers, right? When you think about it, they developed Huff. Oh, yeah, right. right? And he's going – he may he, – they may be able to keep him, slap him with the franchise tag, or he may graduate out. But that's fine because now you got to bring in McDonald, make him that guy. And then who's going to be the guy that replaces Huff as a guy that comes from nowhere that you develop? And it may take two or three years, but then you get him for three and four, and it's like, man, this guy's going to get paid, right? That's that's how you have to have it going. It's got to be a constant turnover of guys that you develop. It's got to be guys that stay long term and there's guys that come from out that comes here just to uh, specifically win for a year getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets real steel Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. That's how it's done. How much does Aaron uh, Rodgers change the culture? Not 
him being here a jet, but actually being here every day and leading the team on Sundays. How much can he help change the culture? I, I thought that was a big move on his part, you know, and I, I think that is um, shows his commitment, I think, to this team that, you know, he stuck around because there are a lot of guys who end up going on IR um, who disappear and, you know, you, you don't see him until yeah. the next offseason. Yeah, so. we, we can see a couple. Eh? Um, all right, all right. <laughs> go ahead. You let him finish. <laughs> and I, I think that that's a big thing of, of a guy that wants to, to help out, wants to change, and, and wants to make guys better. Um, you know, I remember – when I got put on IR, I think I have like four weeks, five weeks left, um, and I was still here in the meetings, um, watching the film, and, and you know, standing out of practice. They didn't let me on the sidelines because I was in a boot and couldn't protect myself. But um, you know, it was it was one of those things that you want to be here to try to help, and when you have guys who want to do that, it's huge for the organization. He's completely old school. I know people pay attention to a, a lot of the things that Rogers brings to the table, whether it be on the field or off the field, but the way he is inside the room, inside the building, the relationships he's already forged here. I mean, everything about him is old school football. I mean, you can, you can see, and I can see it every week when I talk to Garrett Wilson, right? You know, I, I interview him every week and like when you bring up Rogers, he gets giddy. He starts smiling. Like, yo, like what does the system look like? He's like, Aaron Rodgers is the system, right? And he starts smiling, right? So that lets you know that he's found a way in a total gap, because Aaron Rodgers is my age, to connect with guys that are from totally, that grew up totally different, that college experience is totally different, society and the world in which they grew up in Mm -hmm. is totally different, and he's finding ways to connect, right? And he's putting in the work. Like seeing him on there with the, you know, at at the Knicks game, at the Rangers game, that had nothing about him doing that. He could have went there himself, sat in the suite, or went and hung out with some way higher profile people. But he was able to, you know, connect and bring those guys up to his world. You know what I'm saying? And he's still able to go down to their world because it's different levels and statuses. He's a different status star, different status of person, just simply also because it's age and his fame. Mm. But he brought those guys up and, and gave them a look into his world, and yet he still is able to come to their world. That's what it's all about, right? We used to have Monday night at Barks, right? We used to do all kind of goofy stuff. It wasn't about, you know, okay, I just wanted to watch it, you know, do that stuff. My wife was gracious enough to allow me to have people over, but then we get up and we get out and we go out to the clubs and stuff like that. I'm not even a clubbing type of guy. But I knew that when you get guys <laughs> in that in that element, wink wink. Well, when you get no, but when you get guys out of that element, it's able it's able to it's able, it's able to get you to it's able to allow you to connect people and let their guards down. Because the most important thing for me to ever know about my teammate is his why, and his what. How can I motivate him if I don't know what motivates him? And I only know that by having intimate conversations with him, seeing him when he lets his guard down. And, be, and befriend you and know who they are and what they stand for and what they're all about. And, you know, coming from different places, different ethnic groups, different economic social classes, you know, different regions of the world, different races and religions, that's hard, right? Because we all have, like, these built-up stereotypes about each other, and you only break those walls down by, you know, communicating and talking to each other. Yeah. That's why O-line dinners. I mean, that was a huge thing for O-line yeah. dinners because it gives you the opportunity um, – to, to get to know guys. And that's, that plays a big part into it. You know, um, <clears throat> like <clears throat> when Willie clone first got here, right. I, I knew of Willie as a player, yeah. um, you know, Pittsburgh and, and everything, but I didn't know Willie. 
Um, and so to take the opportunity and, you know, this was 2013, 12, 13, somewhere around there. So I'd been around for a little while, but to sit down and be like, Hey, will like, come on over and we'll chat. And there was, there was one night, uh, we did a big barbecue at the house. Um, and it's just a line, you know, and it's like nobody else. No, we're not going out. We're not big club people. That is, that's facts. Um, because like you let guys, Guys will really let their guard down when there's there's no cameras, there's no nothing. You just you're hanging out, um, and I remember we we're sitting around the fire pit after dinner. We're all just hanging out. May have had a cigar or two, and Willie likes to take his shirt off. Yeah, and he's got a big old chain with yep. a cross on it, right? Yep. And so uh, there's Willie sitting in my backyard, and my son at the time he had to be like three or four, and he was heading off to bed, so he came out to say goodnight. And the look in his eyes was saw, saw Big Willie sitting there without a shirt on. But like, so then Willie gets to see, oh, you know, he's got kids. Like, the, and so that's part of his why, you know, and, and you know, and, and then finding out about Willie and his story and, you know, the Bronx and his mom I didn't know and he everything. Was Spanish. I, didn't know, um, <laughs> I thought he was black. <laughs> Puerto Rican. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, see, you find things out. Yeah, but Willie Cologne, I just learned uh, last week. Last, last week? Last week. <laughs> How'd you find that out last week? He's like, 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 my last name's Cologne. I was like, black guy's got all kind of that. I, I didn't know you Spanish. <laughs> um, so that, like, and that's something that, you know, I think is really important team building wise. And you see it um, out of Aaron and, you know, getting to know guys, getting to know their story. And it, it's got to be tough. Yeah. I mean, I. I know my sister is 16 years younger than me, yeah. and I don't know what she's got going yeah, on. These kids on like, TikTok, yada yada, yeah, let's do a TikTok dance. I don't know, like, what, bro, I don't know what they're saying, right. the slang I can't get. Like, I, it, All it, cap, it, cap. Yeah, capital cap. letters, capital cap. grill, what are we talking about? So um, to be able to do that connection, um, I think is something special that, you know, it shows why Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. But in his football intelligence is freaking ridiculous. Yeah, that's because half the people that play football now are stupid, man. But, but <laughs> yeah, he, but he's really smart. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is. That's what I'm saying. Right. Even you got you got he, he can play to e fifty just using his brain because these dudes yeah. are so dumb. Uh, yeah, but can we just focus on him? I know where you are with some of these cats, but the way he breaks things down. And you definitely can tell he's got an appetite for ball when he gets on McAfee every week. He's talking about he's every right. game. What quarterbacks did in each he's situation? Raymond. Yeah. No, I mean, it's also a kid. That, most, most, also, a guy that doesn't yeah. have a wife and kids. He's yeah. got so much time on his hands. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine yeah, you if, if you didn't have kids all your time? All, it's all you all the time. Well, yeah. What am I spend my money on? But <laughs> just me. But, but how different? Okay, so the Jets are going to address the offensive line. We know that. But just having him under center, how different does it all look? I mean, listen, we we it's not like we don't know what it looks like. We've seen it for, you know, what, 16 years in Green Bay. So we know what it looks like. It's it's it's, it's special. That's why everybody was so excited. And we wanted to see could he um, duplicate that here and how long will it take for him to get in a rhythm and a flow and stuff like that. Unfortunately, we never got to see it. You know, it's crazy because, like, you, you wonder with the injury and we thought that he maybe was going to try and come back. Does he play the preseason? Like, it's all those type of things, yeah. right? Like, do we know if he can take a hit? He's going to do it in the preseason? Because I thought that was the one positive thing for me to see, like, if he came back was for him to get tackled. 
and for him to believe in it. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, they don't play and there's no contact in the preseason and guys don't play in the preseason. So we won't be able to know. That's interesting. So you would have liked to see him play, yeah, even just, though just, they were out. I just want him to get hit, right? Yeah, yeah. I want him to get tackled and say, I'm just okay. getting over that I'm hurdle. I'm okay. Yeah. Right? So now, like, you think you know, but you don't know until you actually get hit. And I was hoping that maybe we can get that hurdle out the way this year. So then going into next year, it'd be no doubt, no fear. Because you hear about that a lot of guys with um, knees, when they get their knees repaired. It yeah. takes that first time being out and getting hit or making a cut and being like, all right, it's still good. Yeah. Like, I'm good. I can. I got over that hump. Or you hear that, that scar tissue break, and you're like, oh, it's just scar tissue. It's not hurt again. It's yeah. stuff that's got to move around. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do you think people more than ever are going to count him out now after an Achilles? No. 40 coming back? No. You don't? No. Listen, the dude didn't play for four years. Nobody even hits the quarterback anymore. Like, at this point, you're going to see quarterbacks play longer and longer and longer as long as they want to. Because simply, just simply because it's not like the old school, right? So, like, I always say, like, I, well, we always talk about this. Like, you can say he's 40. I'm saying he's 37. Because he – Those he, first three years Yeah, he didn't play. He got no yeah. – Listen, I've seen guys that were 25 that was the oldest 25. Like I said, Ahmad Bradshaw was the oldest running back I've ever seen in football. This well, dude was like you got him raising his hand over like here. Old I rental car. years off of Mangini. Yeah, that, you know what I'm that, that's yeah. a whole different podcast. Right. Huh? I mean, those were those were that was back when you're doing two yeah, days. Justin boys, yes. um, you know, you, like, and it's it's one of those like old guys sitting on a couch. I mean, I'm going to do it, but the guys right now, because they got rid of two days and everything, mm. don't know the pain of putting on a wet knee brace. Because yeah. it's still wet from the sweat from the morning practice yeah. that you're putting it on for the afternoon practice. Oh, stay up. Yeah, right. You're telling people <laughs> that's trying to make the team stay up. They come yeah. in like a bat out of hell. Every play is you going to the ground. You just hear the code, stay up. Like, yeah, whatever. So the, D- wear, different people's wear and tear is definitely a real thing. I completely understand, and I got empathy for the fans when they say they don't like hearing we're close because it's been – yeah. The, the 13 years. So it's that dichotomy where they really are. But I know that from a fan perspective, it's like you guys got to do it. You, it's about you luck. Do it. It's about luck, too. I mean, how many times, how many Super Bowl champions have we seen go from six back in the day when they only played 16 games, go from six to 10 to the Super Bowl? They, that, that, that was like the staple. Mm-hmm. Somebody go from six to 10, they make a couple free agent changes, come in six to 10 to the Super Bowl. Right. Right? When we went to the AFC Championship, we were coming off of what? With Brett Favor and all that stuff, right? How far we ended up? Eight and eight? Right, eight and eight. And you go, you end up in. Seven and nine, maybe? Right, seven and nine, and you end up right next AFC Championship. Right. Like, it happens like that. It's, it's it's, It's a small, it's not a big gap between going from good to great, right? It's, it comes about winning some, some late games. And, and and winning some close games, right? You guys were either they eight and eight win. or nine and seven, by the way. Yeah, yeah, y'all because, uh, Pennington won that comeback player of the year. Remember the final game uh-huh. coming back? I think they won yeah. ten. You got you, you guys. I don't you, think you, we you won guys 10, won eight. No, no they, they won, won ten. Oh, Miami yeah. won a division. Yeah, two thousand. Yeah, two thousand eight was when they yeah. won with, the, with the, like, the kitty cat. Yeah, I think nine and seven. That's, that's, that's when they had the kitty I'm, cat. I, I remember that Seattle game was that was tough. Yeah, is that when Sean threw the snowball? Yes, that's when Sean threw the snowball at the fan. That that was a tough one. Um, There was a lot of tough ones at the end there. Yeah. You don't need to go back to that. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, but but 
you go, guys go for so seven and nine, winning four games isn't that big of a difference. Just think Atlanta, first Patriots game, um, Raiders, Chargers. That's all it takes. Those are all tough, winnable games. And I think the tough part is looking at from a fan side um, is, yeah, you, you know, you can say, yeah, we're close and, you know, right there knocking at the door. But when you get to a certain long term issue, and you're like, ah, like it's now it's 13 years. We haven't been in the playoffs. Like you, you got that itch. And it's that's the longest. Where, it's the longest in the NFL, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I think it's longest in professional sports. Right Damn. Now. I think it's tied with the Buffalo Sabers. Is it? Yeah. Um, and so, like, when you, you would know the Buffalo Sabers. Yeah, I know, I know the Buffalo Sabers. Because <laughs> yeah, from Buffalo, not Cleveland. <laughs> I played goalie um, growing up. Come on now. So you know I, that. I think as a fan, like when you say when you hear it that way. Like, well, we're not close because it, it has been such a drought. And that's that's difficult because, you know, fans, they put their their fandom um, to the test every week and every season. They come in, you know, you have your high hopes and you want to do well. Um, and when it doesn't, because, you know, you cheer and you, you can affect the games for home games. Um, but in the end, you know, it's the players out there and the coaches who, who are ultimately getting the job done. Um, and so you're rooting for something that you have very little control over. Yet you're very passionate about it, so it's 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 got to be tough after 13 years knowing they're like, well, maybe maybe there's next year. You don't like that? No, I'm saying, damn, that it, I'm just you said 13. I'm like, damn, right? I'm trying to think, that's my son is <laughs> 10. I I think 24 is the year it turns. 24. I hope my, so. You guys, son, got, you guys got the AFC, you guys got the AFC South, man. Come on, man, that should my, be at least. <laughs> my, my son's never seen a playoff game. Wow. We'll change that next year. Our but technical that, director, Matt Sickoff, just walked in here. I think he wanted to be part of the podcast, the final one here. Yeah, wrap it the up, The 2023 B. season. But wrap, wrap it up, B. We thank everybody for listening. Subscribe, rate, and review. And also, for those watching on YouTube, bang the like button. We will come back throughout the offseason. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products, it's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless.